Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond the Bleachers podcast. I'm Aniakon Okan here with Jason Hernandez, Anivia Okan, and James Borden. How you doing, fellas? Yo, yo. Get it. So I think this is the first time. I think this is the first time we record in the morning. Yeah, yeah. actually, I think it is too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of like birds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, kind of get it over. But yeah, like we mentioned, we're recording on a Tuesday morning. Hey, this is pretty early. We might have to just start doing this more. Would not be opposed. I like the morning. I like the morning because you know. As long as you had a good night's sleep, you have a bright eye, bushy tail, and you're ready to go. Yeah, exactly. I would say I'm a morning person, honestly. I would say, well, see, I can't say I'm a morning person because that would be me lying, but I wouldn't say I'm the worst in the morning, you know what I'm well, saying? But I'm definitely, I'm definitely a night owl, bro. I can function in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Like, I could still, you know what I'm saying? I could still be in a good mood even though I just woke up early. I know people that don't get their day started until, like, 3 p.m. Yeah, and that's terrible. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not really life. Like me, a few hours to like get myself like situated. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, even that, I can't get up. If I'm up, if I'm sleeping past eleven, my day is like I, threw, I know, not even that. I just threw my whole day away. I get it takes, me like, it takes me like two, three hours to get like adjusted and stuff and get like work done and like before you know it it's like three o'clock. Yeah. And you got like nothing done. So I get pissed when I wake up late. Oh yeah, I know I do too. I have to set like three alarms just to make sure I wake up on time when I want to. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but anyway, uh, before we dive into what we're talking about today, I want to I want to once again thank everyone who's checked out our content and followed the page through Twitter within the past few weeks. Um, your support does not go unnoticed, and we really appreciate it. We have another great show planned for you all this week. We will be talking about the latest NBA return to play developments. The 2020 BC Awards were also aired this past Sunday. We'll be talking about the awards show and reacting to some of the awards given out. And later in the show, we'll be revealing five players from our top 25 NBA players returning to the bubble list, which oh, I'm excited for that. Y'all ready? Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Let's get All into right, it. Let's go. Uh, more news came out this past week about what it's like what it's going to be like inside the bubble in Orlando. A little refresher about the format. Each team will play eight regular season games based on their schedule before the restart. If a team was supposed to play a team that isn't set to return to Orlando, the team will proceed to the next team on their schedule until they face a team that will return to Orlando. The season will begin on July 30th with a doubleheader between the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans, followed by a battle of L.A. between the Lakers and the Clippers. We also learned this past weekend that NBA players will be allowed to have social justice statements on the back of their jerseys in replacement of their last names. And we learned yesterday, Monday, that the NBA will be painting Black Lives Matter on all three courts in Orlando. Nets forward Spencer Dinwiddie did say before, unfortunately, he um, contracted the coronavirus that he would have trillion on the back of his jersey to call attention to the $26 trillion deficit the U.S. government is in. 
So, but you know, we still he still yet to decide if he like I just mentioned he's decided that uh, he's still deciding if he wants to play because we just learned that he contracted the coronavirus. So, oh, first question I have for you guys is now that we know each team's schedules, um, what teams are do you think? What are the eight teams for each conference that you guys think are going to be in the playoffs? Uh, can I go first? Yeah, sure. All right. So, in the Eastern Conference, I have the Bucks staying at the one seed. I have the Celtics moving up one spot to the second seed. I have the Raptors moving down to the third spot. The Heat staying at four. The Sixers moving up to five. The Pacers moving down to six. The Magic's moving up to seven, and then the Nets moving down to eight in the East. And then in the West, I have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets moving up to um, fifth, the Thunder moving down to sixth, the um, the Mavericks staying where they're at seventh, and then you guys might be surprised by this answer, but I have the Blazers at the eighth seed. Interesting. I wouldn't say I'm surprised there. Uh, I'm surprised. Still trusting. Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Me? I mean, we're talking about teams at the bottom, bro. It's not like it's a surprise to see one of them get in versus the other not. We've seen them lose games all season. But I I can understand what people are saying. Oh, Pelicans, oh, this, oh, Zion. But, you know, we still got Damian Lillard. We still got a healthy healthy use of Nurchich. We still got, got CJ McCollum. Got team is the team. That's a solid team healthy, man. That's that's That team healthy is not a is not an eight seed. Yeah. That's, that's, why that's, I have that's him, what I that's said. That's why I have them in there. All right, who's next? Yeah. Want me to go? All right. So, for the Eastern Conference, first seed, I have the Bucks. No change there. Second seed, I have the Raptors, no change there. Third seed, Celtics, no change there. Fourth seed, Heat. Fifth seed, I have the Sixers moving up a spot to the fifth to the yeah to the fifth spot, and the Pacers dropping down to the sixth. Um, I have the Nets. I mean, I have the Magic moving up to the seventh, and I have the Nets going on down to the eighth spot. And for the Western Conference, I have the Lakers as the one spot, the Clippers as the two seed, the Nuggets as the three. The Jazz as a four, the Rockets as a five, the Nun- the Thunder at the six seed, Mavericks at the seven, and the Pelicans at the eight. Okay. I'm pretty much similar to James's predictions. Um, for the Eastern Conference, I think the first four teams are the same. Um, I think the Sixers pass the Pacers, so they flip. And I think the Magic... Um, pass the Nets. I feel bad for the Nets. I mean, their their situation right now is very unfortunate, but I think they slide down to that eight eight spot. I don't think any of the teams outside of that conference are gonna make any noise. In the Western Conference, uh, again, first four teams, I think they're fine. The Rockets do pass the Thunder, in my opinion. Um, so they flip five and six. Um, the Mavericks stay where they are, and then I also agree that the Trailblazers, they're going to get the eighth spot, I think. But like James said, I think that roster deserves to be in the playoffs, and you know, I think I think they're going to push for it. I love the Pelicans and all, but I think the Trailblazers have a better roster, 
And, you know, the Pelicans are still young. They're still pretty young. And they haven't they haven't played the whole season together. Zion, remember, Zion got there months after the season initially started. So that's kind of my take on that. My only thing with Zion is that I feel like as of reports as of late, he's in the greatest shape of his life. So if we get that type of Zion and we have all the everybody else picking out all cylinders on that team, it would be a scary, scary sight. Well, we saw that there's going to be a push to get Zion to face the Lakers to kind of get that, yeah, I mean, to get that Jordan just, we, 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 Yeah, as, as fans, we see that. We, and knew that. we knew that was going to happen. But the thing is, it does help that the I think – in terms of all right, before, in terms of the East, I think the top. I would love to see the Celtics get the the second seed, but they three being three games back, playing eight games. That's too much ground that it's you have to little. make a. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much you got to make up in such short yeah. notice. It's so too I think little games such, to yeah. Do um, I do see the the Sixers and the Pacers swapping, and then the Nets and the Magic. I do see swapping spots. In terms of the West, I think the Thunder will stay at the five spot, and then for the eighth spot, I do have, um, I do have the Pelicans because they do have the easiest schedule out of all the teams returning. Um, if we look at their schedule, they only so besides the Jazz and the Clippers that they play in their first two games, they can win the rest of they can win, they can win the rest of their games, and as long as they stay within four games. Of the eighth spot, they'll have to play the Grizz. They'll they'll end up playing in that playing game against the Grizzlies, and if that happens, I'm taking, I'm taking the um, I'm taking the Pelicans because they have more experience than the Grizzlies. That playing game would be so fun to watch. I know, I know. Can I? I'm Anirka. I'm glad that you mentioned the the strength of schedule thing. That's what that's that's another reason why I think the Celtics will overtake the um the Raptors at the second spot cuz the the um the Celtics have the third easiest schedule out of all teams behind the Sixers and the but, but behind the Pelicans and the Sixers and that's another reason and that's the same reason why I think the Sixers will go past the Pacers but in the standings but if you look at the Celtics schedule if you all right let me say the Raptors schedule the Raptors mm-hmm. play the Lakers they're not winning mm-hmm. that game. They play the Heat. You don't know what the Heat. The Heat, just you know, you don't know. Uh, the Magic. They'll beat the Magic. The Celtics. That's kind of like a toss-up game. So you don't know if it'll ultimately. In my opinion, I think it'll come down if the Celtics do get that. If the Celtics do get that second seed, they, they obviously they have to beat the Raptors. But um, if that doesn't happen, then it's you know the Celtics is not going to. Um, Celtics aren't going to get the third seed. Uh, excuse me, the second yeah. seed, which I think will ultimately be the Celtics are going to stay where they are. But, um, yeah, and then in terms of the Celtics and Celtics schedule, the only the only team that they pretty much the Bucks that they open up with, the Heat might be the Heat might be a problem with them, and then the Blazers. But that's pretty much. They and then the Raptors, but pretty much after that, I see the Celtics beating every. They'll either go six and two or seven and one. That's fair. That's fair. But in terms of, I want to go back to the point that 
I forgot who it was. It might have been Anibiat. The point that you made, that you said that the Blazers. Um, I did, I understand, you know, you have Dame and CJ McCollum, but it's just a shame that that front office hasn't done enough to give them they're, it's it's inexcusable how they're fluct the way they're fluctuating. How one season they're the third seed, and then the next season they're fighting for a playoff spot. When you have a top ten player on your team in the NBA right now on your team in his prime right now, and he can barely get into the playoffs or get some or playing high profile games. Here, here's a, here's the thing about that. It's not the Pel- it's not the Blazers' fault that that they're the eighth seed. Yet again, they've been dealing with injuries all season. That's that's true. So if they just imagine if the Blazers weren't dealing with those injury problems, they probably would have never signed Melo, and they would probably be in the playoff race right now. Being in the West doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah. and like every game is like a play. Every game is like a grind-out game. It's just... I don't see it. It's going to be tough for them, the Blazers, especially because you say you have them. They open up against the Grizzlies, then they play the Celtics. The Celtics would definitely be a tough game. Rapper, then they play the Rockets after that. The Rockets and then the Nuggets and then the Clippers, then the Sixers. They have oh, a sheesh. They have a tough five-game stretch. So yeah, it's gonna be it's, real tough for them to get in there, man. In there. And so. here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing about these eight games. You can't load manage. No, you can't. You gotta play it straight through because you know your season depends on it. And also you gotta get continuity before the playoffs start. Which will be something interesting to see because you know players haven't played in three months and you know they haven't had access to facilities like they do in normal situ- situations. So Oh, that'll be interesting. That's something I will be looking at. But um, nah, I don't see the Blazers because of that five-game stretch that they have the first week of August. I think that kind of, you know, that'll play them right out of it. And then another thing to take to consider is momentum. Well, no, never mind. You don't – no team has momentum right now because, like, I, you haven't played in three months. One thing I was going to say was – I, I could see a situation where teams that are very guard heavy have problems. And that's because, well, logically speaking, they're further away from the basket. They're going to be rusty. And when you're rusty when you're shooting, that that doesn't make equal good results. So I feel like teams that are very, you know, wing dominant and big dominant will have a slight edge on these teams that are guard dominant. But, I mean... We'll have to see, obviously, but I, I feel like, you know, I'll, I'll give you the Lakers, for example. I think they're going to be fine. They have Anthony Davis, who, you know, his game is pretty much near the rim. Le- LeBron's game is pretty much near the rim. Like, they can shoot threes, but they're just as fine scoring on the interior. Um, the only – and that's a problem I can see for the Blazers, where James Rusty, McCollum's Rusty, they don't have their shot going. They – you know, it's going to be tough for them. I can see. Yeah, I, well, the team I, I relies see, so much on those two to basically win games. Yeah, I could see. I could see a team like the Rockets having major issues with that, 
Because they're very they're very hit or miss. If they hit their shots, they could beat anybody. If they miss their shots, they could be you know basically the worst team in the NBA. That's what's scary about the Rockets in the West because if they're hitting, man, that could be a, that could, that could be a real tough out. That's just the say- thing. That's the I'm thing just about saying, the Rockets, though. They're hit or miss. I'm just saying with with what happened and the amount of time that we haven't seen basketball, it could be really rough for them, especially with the Good. fact that James Harden. He's he's having a great season. Don't get me wrong, but he's had better seasons in the past, and he hasn't been as efficient as prior seasons. I guess you could say. I've never mm-hmm. trusted Russell Westbrook in a in a high profile, <laughs> high leverage game. I don't think, and especially shooting wise, I don't think that's gonna work out. Uh, he can get to the rim definitely, but you know, it's teams like that 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 honestly scare me in terms of them having success. Like I don't think. I don't expect those teams to make it in the end. I'm not saying the teams that have the best center is going to win, but teams that rely on the three as heavily as the Rockets do, for example, it could be really tough for them if, if the shots aren't falling. Now, what about yeah. a team like the Celtics where they have good guards, they have good wings, but they have no interior presence? The one thing, I, the one thing about the Celtics is they don't have a true big. Um, first of all, I like, I mean, Brad Stevens is a great coach. He, he can make anything work, honestly. And they have Tatum, who's not a big, but can get to the rim. Jalen Brown can get to the rim. Kemba Walker can't can get really, to the rim. Like, he, he's not going to be, like, his game is not going to only be on the interior, but he can get to the rim. Um, and don't get me wrong, like, Russell Westbrook and James Harden can get to the to the rim, definitely. But the one reason I think the Celtics will have a strong eight games and potentially a strong playoffs is they have, a, they have a good defense. They have a really good defense. Actually. The only, the only really hole in their defense is, you know, that big position that could be a problem if they run into a Giannis or, or anybody like that. But again, I trust Brad. I trust Brad Stevens. I think they could, they could potentially make it work. I think they're, they have the talent to, you know, get far, and they also have the work ethic to get far as well. And that's what I think is going to make the difference in these games with these teams. Yeah. And, and we've seen throughout the season that their big man by committee approach with, with Tice, Cantor. Um, they've used Robert Williams a little bit, but here and there. We've seen that that approach has been effective, especially – on the offensive end. And Daniel Tice has really stepped up defensively. I also... You also see... Jason? I'm in here. Just, All right, yeah, we just quick. lost Jason for a second. All right. Let's right, um, keep going. Yeah. Um, wait. How um, how do you guys feel about the customized jerseys idea? I know um, the Premier League. I know the Premier League did something like that with um, with like Black Lives Matter and like they have like. Well, the NBA courts are gonna be painted as Black Lives Matter. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, I love that. I mean, we we need something. You know, they definitely have to. I mean, it was it was part of the uh, solution to getting back on the court. And, you know, being able to show that we're still going with this movement and we're not going to take any steps back. We're going to keep going forward. And 
I like the idea of having that on the court because that's what you know. I think that's what was going viral on Twitter, and everybody was saying, "Hey, well, this is a you know, this is a big way to show it." And having a patch on the jersey as well, I think that's great too. Um, and I also think I think I definitely the idea, think they're doing their part. That's my that's what I see. Yeah, I think the idea is very creative on like the NBA's point because you notice if like guys will like they'll have like a shoe that like they'll wear like. I'll use LeBron James as a quality shoe. They'll like have footwear that like points to a certain cause that um they're trying to represent. And I feel like this particular yeah. situation goes beyond that. Uh, yeah, this is something that is I mean, we're in we're in a point in time right now in the United States of America in the world in general that you know, this is one of the craziest times. This is one of the most important times in our history. And, you know, the NBA definitely has to do their part in showing that they're with this movement and that they're behind this movement because, I mean, they're a monopoly themselves. And if they're not following this movement, I'm sure the backlash would be tremendous. Especially with the percentage of African-Americans that you have in the league and, yeah. In the sport, yeah. It's, it's a black-dominated yeah. sport. So to begin with, their players could, you know, I, I think their players would have a huge problem with it too. So I, I, I salute them for doing what they're doing and, you know, trying to get basketball back out, trying to get the product back out and doing it in a way which, in which they're, you know, still showing respect to the movement and showing that mm-hmm. they're behind it. Um, I think that um, it's good, you know, um, like an EBF said, spe- uh, specifically with the Premier League and how uh, the reception they got with um, – was it two weeks ago? I think it was yeah, two, it was weeks, two ago. weeks ago. Two weeks ago, where all the players from all twenty clubs uh, wore Black Lives Matter on the back of their uh, jerseys. I think I loved it. You know, it seems like it's gonna. Uh, it worked for the Premier League. I think it'll work for the NBA, especially with the court and have, giving the players the options to express themselves. I like you know, just the NBA is always always ahead of the curve, the progressive league, always making sure that it's, you know, on the right side. But I would like to see something tangible. Like, it's easy to put Black Lives Matter on your jersey and Black Lives Matter on the court, but I would love to see the league do something tangible. Like, that would help the affected communities. Ooh, Bless you. Me. My thing is, is I like I want to see. I just I, one hundred percent get what you're saying. You want to see something? Yes, because it's like it's. And it's I, I agree with you because they they could there's something that they could start something like a players yeah. coalition that that um represents Black Lives Matter and they could you know go into communities and do big things. And I understand that you know from your perspective because you're you're a black man in America, so I you know I know that you have a even deeper, you know, meaning towards everything that's going on right now. And, you know, I could definitely see why someone, you know, who is being oppressed during these times could say that and want to say that the NBA should do more because they are a monopoly and they have so much money back behind them. And, you know, there's so many opportunities within their players because their players have so much power. And I definitely think someone like LeBron, let me say LeBron just because he's the guy that, you know, you you put number one on that list as far as like, what he's done for people and he's being an NBA player and using his platform. 
I would say LeBron because they could definitely start a players coalition. With LeBron oh, yeah, James they, and they could get so many other a players coalition. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But I'm saying they should, they could, they could branch off just specifically to Black Lives Matter, and just have a certain movement that they have certain players with certain power, and drive that in and use money and back them up. And I feel like that's something that they should look into doing. Um, yeah, I def, yeah, um, yeah, I could, uh, yeah, um. But yeah, like I, it's easy for me. It's just easy to you know throw out statements, say that you're gonna put something on the court and just hope something's gonna go away. But like I just, as like like you said, as a black man, I'd like to see the league do a little more to show that they care about the issues that affect. You know, we said seventy five percent of the league. Um, can I can I say something about like? in terms of like donating money and stuff like that. I yeah. I like I like the idea of like athletes and people with power doing it, but sometimes I really don't like I don't really like the idea because sometimes people just donate the donate money in a situation just to say like, oh, um I donated this amount of money to the um to the black community. I'm showing my solidarity. But in reality it's more than it's more than just donating money. It's creating opportunities for people in these minority communities. It's putting them on the path to lead them to the destination they want to help to. It's more than just setting like putting money aside to donate to some community. And like, yeah. And yeah, you're yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's that's just how I feel about like the. I mean, one of the questions I have is, where does all this money go? That's fair. That's true. That's that's, that, that's very true. It's like you know, we we we're seeing we're seeing all this money getting donated, all this other bull job, but it's like, where is this money really going though? Like we, I feel like we would rather know that information. And like you know, we would rather know exactly where that money is going to and who it's helping. Oh yeah. And I understand that we're you know every donation is saying you know to the Black Lives Matter movement and to this or to that, but it's like that's not really specific enough because we're just seeing all this money getting donated, and not knowing what the no, hell it's going to yeah. towards. But I would love, I would love for all this money to be going towards making opportunities for black men in this country and for people of color in this country, and you know just making everything a lot more even kill because we obviously know that's a huge issue in today's world. I just think overall the NBA, uh, I mentioned this before, but I think they, you know, they hear, they hear what's going on in the world and they, you know, try to make a statement, try to, you know, pave leeway to these other associations. I definitely, I definitely would say they're the leaders. Yeah. As far oh, as no every, question, uh, no you know, every, 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 every sport monopoly, I definitely said they're the, they're the leaders. The NFL is, you know, trailing so far behind, it's not even funny. But the NBA is at least doing their thing. I, I, I definitely would say that, you know, you throwing out the stat about 75%, you know, black players in the league, I would definitely say that's a huge part of why. But, you know, the NBA is still mainly a white owner league, so... I definitely think that has a lot to do with the commissioner, Adam Silver. He's doing his thing. I definitely think that he's probably one of the best commissioners in sports. Um, yeah, the NBA, they, they get all praise from me, but I could definitely see them doing more. Yeah. 
any final thoughts before we transition to our next topic? Oh, sir, let's do it. All right, let's get it. Um, so the 20th edition of the BET Awards aired this past weekend on BET. This year's edition was hosted by comedian Amanda Seals and featured performances from Roddy Rich, Chloe and Halle, and John Legend. A Kobe Bryant tribute to Lil Wayne also headlined the night of awards celebrating the performances of Black artists within the past year. So, um, let me ask you guys, what were your thoughts on this year's uh, BET Awards? Shout out to the baby, first of all, first and foremost. Yeah, that was beautiful, man. I actually go into that because I know uh, people had mixed opinions. Some people saying that it was too, you know, it was too raw, and then some people were like, you know, he captured how so many people were feeling. So many people are feeling right now. That's how I feel. He captured how so many people, people are feeling. Way too much. That com- I think people complain way too much. My, That's my my thing. my biggest thing is he didn't have to do that, and he still and he did it. So I I'm more with the people that you know he captured how people are feeling. Exactly. I think that he captured the moment perfectly. He displayed what is go- what is wrong and what is going on in this country, and he did it on a broad stage so everybody could see it. And I feel like. That's what should be done. I don't think we should just shy away from it because it's a raw image. I think we should, you know, shine it to light and understand that this is what's happening in this country. And the baby did that perfectly. And, you know, he, I think the performance was just straight up beautiful. Like, I, I definitely, I didn't have a single issue with it. And when I started seeing people having an issue with it, saying that, you know, the knee on the neck being raw, and I get it, but. I just think that he. this is a time where we need to shed everything to light. We don't need to back away from anything. We need everything to be seen. I don't think anything should be shed away. I don't think we need to. Like, like I get it. Don't get me wrong, but it's appropriate at the same time. Yeah, I, th- I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. Um, For me, I'm going to talk about, like, specific awards. Um, I didn't really have an issue with... Roddy Rich winning album of the year, um, the baby winning, um, I believe it was best male hip hop artist, and um, Meg Thee Stallion winning best female hip hop artist, um, and I know in Neocon, I know you had, um, you were talking about, um, I believe it was best male hip hop artist. Yeah, you I said think, you I wanted think Roddy. I think yeah, I think Roddy should have won that over the baby. Uh-huh. I understand. I understand the baby had a great 2019, but by the time just after Kirk came out, he just fell off, in my opinion. See, but my... Kirk was still a good album, though. Kirk, mm, Kirk was a good album. It was yeah, alright to me. Yeah, Kirk was a good album. I thought it was decent. Yeah, I'm. I'm more. I'm with not the James. biggest the baby fan. But I, I thought it was decent. I thought it was all right. I didn't see, think it was great. See, my one thing I would consider in best best male hip hop artist is Roddy. Well, we, Roddy won album of the year, right? Yeah. His album dropped on December sixth, and uh, I was gonna I was gonna bring this question up. How do you guys feel about like? late releases in the year and having them be kind of, you know, album of the year, even though they literally released 
weeks before the end of the year. But I don't listen. Have, I don't. I, I don't have really. A problem. I don't have a problem with the baby winning, just because. I mean, Roddy, to your point, Aniakon, Roddy dropped so late in the year where I feel like if you look at it from a whole year perspective, I don't have an issue with the baby winning that award for the entire year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I definitely think that little baby had the hottest album of the year, but. I guess we can give it to Roddy because he had a great album and, you know, late late, late release since the year. But I definitely think that that should be held over to 2019. But the way that the awards are set up, can't really do it that way. But I don't know. I definitely think Lil Baby. I really don't even think it's really too much of a debate either. But Roddy Rich's album is great too, so I won't make that argument. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were... I guess the biggest controversy of the whole thing was the best female R&B award. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. how do you, mm, how do you pick how do you pick Lizzo over Beyonce? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to know. There's a lot of people here that. I felt like Summer uh, Walker could have won that award. Summer Walker could have won that award. Janelle could have won that award. Kalani could have won that award. I don't know. That it's a it's a bit questionable, but just I don't know, man. Just gotta give that, that's someone, a, that's a, that's that's a good competition though between all of them, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people were not. Agreeing too much on that one. Yeah, I would have. Personally, I would have put Beyonce, but yeah. I don't want to get into that discussion because yeah. that that can create problems. Problems, yeah, that's true. People um, either hate her, not hate her, but either call her overrated or defend that woman with their life on the line. Life, so. Yeah, yeah. But let me also ask you guys. I mentioned a little earlier about the Kobe tribute. What do you guys think about that? that beautiful. beautiful. That was. I I'm, again just. He didn't have to do that. Mm-mm. And he still did. I, I thought it was, I thought it was great personally. I. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. It was kind of. It's kind of weird because I went on after it. There was just like criticism, like Lil Wayne, like he was just saying, like, oh, just saying, like, oh, but like he was saying, like, I forgot, I forgot what he said, um, specifically, but, um, yeah, some people was like, oh, why would he be doing uh, a tribute to Kobe? But I have no, I personally had no problem with what. I mean, who the cares who's doing, the, who's doing the tribute? Yeah, as long yeah, as they exactly. did the tribute, you know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that goes back to everybody just having something to complain about. Like, complain about, oh, yeah. People. You don't have to complain about every single little thing. Like, the man's dead. Like, some, we just, we just, we needed that. People are who too invested in the wrong things, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's a prime example of it. It's not about who did it. It's about the fact that it was done. Yeah, yeah. 
negatives and not the positives. Tired of it. They're focused on the wrong things. Yeah. Anything else? Overall, I thought it was a good year for BT. Yeah. Let's get into this pop smoke thing. I, I got a lot to say. To I got a lot to say about this. All right, let's yeah. Lead the way, go. All right. Um. So first of all, what was that? <laughs> uh, Virgil did him dirty, man. That's all I'm gonna say. He he resurrected him and then shot him again like that. Rest in peace, but. Jesus, like that's that doesn't make any sense as to how you're gonna make an album cover that looks like you made it on <laughs> Pixar, guy. Like I don't understand, bro. Like you, like did you even go on the Photoshop app? Did you even like? Did you even? I, bro, was he drunk? Like I don't understand, bro. But from what I've heard, they're they're changing the uh, the album cover. Um, his manager has been tweeting about how if Pop Smoke was here, he would listen to his fans and. There's gonna be a change amongst the album covers, so we're gonna we're gonna see some different some different uh, some different looks. Thank God, because if we didn't and that release, there was gonna be a huge problem. I'm telling you this right Did now. Did you see that merch too? Issue. Did you see that merch? Like, are you serious? Oh yeah, the merch was horrendous, horrendous. How you, bro? And like, bro, stop the violence, bro. Stop Virgil. What are you talking about? You need to stop, bro. Yo, Nick. Oh yo, Nick. Tell him what you uh, tell him what you showed me earlier. So someone said that someone showed uh someone put a picture of. I'm still trying to figure out what this last album what this last album cover is, but someone put a picture of. Uh, they said that oh the the album cover is basically a combination of what a time to be alive. <laughs> I saw the, that. <laughs> I saw that. A picture. Of <laughs> I love Twitter. <laughs> I, I love Twitter. Why is it free? I don't know how that's the final product that you come out with. <laughs> I mean, in his in his description, see, this is what really had me weak. In his description, he said, "I just finished it yesterday." Well, are you are you supposed to think that you started it any day before yesterday? Because that shit is bad, bro. I don't know, man. I just don't know, man. That was just an all-time worst album cover. Yo, I, was, I mean, I don't know. I want to let me not forget Gunna's album last year because that was bad. Him underwater, no, like that was terrible. That was the worst photo shot. We know, how, we know we, But this album is just like we know how I, I feel about that. <laughs> Yo, literally the dead. Let's not get the deadline was eleven fifty nine. He got it done at eleven fifty. <laughs> Guy did his homework. Guy was on the bus before he had an assignment due. But literally, that album cover looks like. No, it only looks like a memorial shirt that someone put together uh, for someone that uh, does shirt at like a flea market or something. Just. uh, But. It's just disrespectful. Yeah, I know. But even that. what are you guys expecting from his album on Friday? Greatness. Greatness. <laughs> no, um, I mean, it's going to be said that that's probably the last, like, heavily Pop Smoke worked on album, I guess you could call it. Besides 
besides his features. Yeah, but hey, I'm expecting good things. Everyone's excited. Everyone messes him really badly. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I go on Twitter and see I miss Pop Smoke as a tweet. So James, Bro, I listen to him. I listen to him once a week. Maybe more. No, nah, definitely more than that. I, I'm capping. It's definitely like probably like two, three times a week. I know James tweets here and there. I miss Pop Smoke on Twitter. Bro, you I don't know, understand. I know. Like, I, know. I, I miss, miss Pop, Pop too. <laughs> I miss Pop, man. He's just hard, oh, dude. This just it sucks, dude. Because it's just like this is the way you want to represent the man after he just after he died. Like this is just and like, did you not? My thing is, did you look at the cover before you even try to post it? Did you not realize it was bad yourself? Or did you just, like, mask that because, oh, I mean, it's, it. yeah, it it's it's cause I'm Virgil. Yeah, I'm Virgil. <laughs> I, I'm Mr. V-Bone. I can't make nothing that bad, right? Yeah, all right, bud. That was all-time bad. Like, that was all-time terrible. Like, that was really bad, man. I just think that his management, seeing that at first, like, before it went out, I'm sure they understood that it was bad, too. But they were just waiting for everybody else to be like, wow, that's really horrendous. Let's get a new one. But I'm just glad they made a decision to make a new one because he deserves it. I'm that. excited for these uh, features. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I wanted to get to. That's another thing I wanted to talk about um, on the podcast today, make sure we didn't forget. Um, why? I think that it was... I think that it has too many features. That that's me. But but I, I don't want to I don't want to say that because it's I I know it's probably gonna be fire and the features are probably gonna be neat. You know, seeing them they're they're pretty interesting. But I don't know, man. I think that it was a little bit flooded with too I, many features. I, I wanted some more regular pop, but I can see why as why as to why they did it, considering he passed away and probably wasn't able to finish a lot of stuff. But it just it sucks, man. It's 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 the circumstances that we have to deal with because of him passing. And, you know, it just sucks because I feel like this this album would have been better, obviously, if he didn't, because he would have been able to finish everything. But I definitely think it's still gonna be. Do I know his song is gonna go crazy? I know for a fact right now, the woo. That song oh yeah, gonna, with Fifty that song and Roddy, go crazy, bro. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Him and Fifty are gonna be sounding like <laughs> twins on that shit. But yeah. I'm just I'm just at a point where right now it's like I'm really happy the album's coming out, but it just sucks that Pop's not here. I know. He's not he's not here to witness all this greatness that he's about to reach without even being here, and it's just it's disappointing, man. Yeah. But I look into that. I just died. Just what's it called? I just got Spotify Premium, so I'm not gonna be listening to this album on shuffle. Just listen to straight. Just listen to it straight. Just go through. So. Man, Friday cannot come any faster. Any final thoughts? Rest in peace, Pop Smoke. And we're going to make sure that album gets the number one, baby. For sure, for sure. (laughs) All right, so as many of you have learned, um, Cam Newton is officially a Patriot. After Tom Brady opted to leave the Patriots for the Buccaneers after a 20-year career, Questions instantly came up about who would be his successor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry, man. <laughs> I had to, I had to, I had to. The Patriots answered many people's questions with the signing of former Panthers star and NFL MVP Cam Newton to a one-year incentive-laden deal with the New England Patriots. Newton had been released by the Panthers after nine seasons with the organization. 
A source familiar with the Patriots thinking said that new, the Newton signing presented a low-risk, high-reward situation. So, thoughts on the Patriots' newest quarterback? Well, I feel like it's best that we start off with James. James? Sorry, Might I have lost him from there. I just huh? disconnected there for a second. I'm sorry about that. Now nah, you're good. Um, Repeat the question so, for me, please. Yeah, so say what uh, thoughts on the Patriots' newest quarterback? Woo! Yo, this ain't the possible. <laughs> <laughs> let's get it. All right, listen. This is all. All right, let's. We can. I'm, I want to get into it like an in-depth little discussion here in a little bit. All right, so Cam Newton is a Patriot. So I think that this was the perfect timing, first of all, because. They're saying that the Browns and the Patriots are the only two teams to reach out to Cam Newton. That's one, right? So the Browns didn't offer him a contract because his contract demands for the Browns were a little bit higher, specifically because he knew he was going to have to sit behind Baker and Baker would have to fail in order for him to actually get a spot in there and actually be able to touch the field because they still believe in Baker. Clearly, number one pick. He's got a lot of talent. They fixed a lot of issues around him, so Cam Newton didn't need to really go there. So, Mr. Billy Belichick gives him a call, and he says, hello, would you like to play for $1 million up to seven and a half as long as you, you know, do, you know, hit a couple of, hit a couple of stat milestones and you can get your $7.5 million? And Cam Newton says yes. Bill Belichick just fleeced Cam Newton off the free agent market for a million dollars. Do we not understand that this is why the Patriots are six-time Super Bowl champions? Do we not understand that? Because he literally just took him off the market for a million dollars. Do we not understand this man won MVP four years ago, five years ago? Yeah. Hey, wait, I James. understand that's a long time ago, but a million dollars? We're talking about a million dollars. Chase Daniels is making 13 to 16 from now until 2022. Do we not understand how much of a fleece this is? Yeah, and James he still can- has talent. He's healthy. Like, this is something that I, I just can't get over. Bill Belichick just does it over and over again. He The rich just gets more rich, and I just don't understand how he fleeces the league like this every single season. And people Damn. just look at it, and they're like, why why can't we do this? Why Other organizations that lose games literally look at us, and they're like, why can't we do this? You're literally just not doing it. Like, he's literally taking those shots and taking those chances, those chances and we're winning those battles with other teams because we're just making those moves that you guys don't want to make. James, can I mention something? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to go on a rant right <laughs> now. Nah, like, nah. I mean, listen, I Jerry, yeah, Stiddy, whatever, I like him. He's got potential, but we're talking about Cam Newton. We're talking about Superman. If he comes back healthy, man, come on. There's no debate he's touching that field week one. Can I can I can I mention something to the uh, to the uh, people listening? We also can't forget that a dog drafted our players this past year. We can't forget that. <laughs> Contract extension for the dog immediately. <laughs> no, but um, seriously, man, that's just—I'll let you go ahead. You can say what you gotta say. Yeah, um, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm a little bit skeptical about this, for 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 good reason though. For good reason. Cause the thing is this: if we if we get Cam Newton and he ends up returning back to the player he was in 2015, the NFL MVP candidate, then we. Super Bowl contenders, baby. If we get that, Kim. Yeah. 
But at the same time, if we get the Cam Newton for the past two, three listen, years, who's hey, hey, been dealing 100%. with shoulder I, issues, I could agree. I could agree. Why you would say, yeah. "Listen, it's going to be a stinky season. Let's see you in the in the in the first round of the playoffs." But in the first round of the you know the yeah. draft anyway. But let's let's say let's say he comes back and he's healthy. Last time we saw Cam healthy, he threw nineteen touchdowns and four interceptions before he got injured. That was in six games. Before he got before he hurt his shoulder that year. I think it was 2018, right? Let's let's recall. I don't. I'm not sure, but I think it was 2018. So they started off, you know, six games. They were four and two. He threw 19 touchdowns and four interceptions. That was right before he had that really bad shoulder injury where he blew out his shoulder and they tried to play him through it and he did everything he could, but he was playing like dog crap because he had one shoulder. He had a bump. And when the man is healthy, he has proven that he's he's a dot thrower and he can run over you or he can do whatever it is necessary to move the chains. And I think that Bill Belichick having that type of weapon, something that we haven't had in a while. I mean, we haven't had this at all. We've never seen a, first of all, a black quarterback. Woo! That's, that, that's something I want to see in the New England Patriots. I don't know about you guys. You know, I, no, I want to see that. See. I think that's a, I think that's Man, a I don't mind shit. it. Let's, let's not just walk away from that. Yeah. But. Um, that's a weapon. Him being a mobile quarterback and, and still being able to move the chains with his legs, that's something that we have not seen, and I'm really interested to see that. Another point I want to make before I let you guys go on your spew. My thing is, this is an offense that's more I, – I, I, I'm going to make this statement, and you guys are probably going to be like, well, all right, you're a little drunk here. But Tom Brady, Cam Newton fits this offense that the way that it is right now. I think a little bit more than Tom Brady, specifically because we have a really decent offensive line as far as we have the top 10 run blocking offensive line. We have four running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield, which Cam Newton loves dumping the ball off to the running backs. We've seen it throughout his whole career. That's what he does. He's throwing the ball away. He looks for the RB first. I think that this offense could really be tailor-made for Cam Newton, specifically because we have really good run blocking, four running backs that can run the ball or catch the ball. And this could be an offense with Josh McDaniels that we've seen move around and flutter depending on who's in the backfield. When Jimmy Garoppolo was in the game, we ran a lot of play action RPO. When J- when Jacoby Brissett was in the game, we only threw the ball maybe 16 times. He ran for a 32-yard touchdown. I mean, there's there's a lot out here with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick at the helm with Cam Newton. But I really feel like this team can be designed for some success. I can definitely see... Right now, I'm going to call my shot right now. I know we already called our records, and we had our record predictions and all that prior to Cam Newton. But with Cam Newton on the team, a healthy Cam Newton, man, I really don't see us winning any less than nine games. With a healthy Cam Newton, I don't see us winning any less than nine football games. Hold me to that. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, I, um, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue on what I was saying about, like, what I think about the Cam Newton signing. Um, it's obviously a win-win situation for both sides. Cam Newton gets another shot at uh, proving that he's still a top quarterback. And the Patriots have another body to compete with Stidham. And it's only a one-year commitment. And if that doesn't work out, they can just move on. I don't think, from no, him. there's no question Cam Newton's competing with Stidham. I think it's Newton's job. Yeah, it's his job to lose. But, yeah, I agree with you on the skepticism. But I think even that, you have Cam Newton, who is, you know, has a couple of years. But I think 
the Patriots, you know, everyone's saying that, oh, like this puts them back in the hunt. Maybe that you put them over the Bills uh, in the AFC East. But I think their problems are bigger than the quarterback position. You still do not have any receivers to throw besides. You have a 34-year-old Julian Edelman, who's your best receiver. And then you have, that's pretty much it. You have Muhammad Sanu. You have Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Myers. And then you have the two tight ends that you drafted in the draft this year. I would say Cam Newton. You just totally forgot oh, about yeah, Nikhil Harry. My, my bad. Okay, but anyway. Let's not forget um, about the only first-round <laughs> draft pick Bill Belichick's ever been that wide receiver. I think he'll be a good he'd be a good receiver, but we weren't able to see his potential because of all the offensive struggles that they had. Let me, oh, I also forgot James White. But um, I would say that Cam Newton might be in the same situation he was in Carolina a couple years ago. Where the Patriots have a good defense, uh, the Patriots have a good have a solid run game, uh, solid offensive line, but they don't really have receivers like they like when he did in uh, Carroll. That yeah. is so accurate. That is so accurate because I really wanted to make that point and I forgot about that. Listen, that is so accurate. See, he in twenty fifteen when he won the MVP. Let's not forget he was throwing to guys like Ted Ginn and Philly Brown. And the guy won MVP at 25 touchdowns and 10 on the ground. He had 45 total touchdowns. I mean, the, the guy was playing with mediocre receivers then. And I feel as if we have a better receiving core than he had at that time. Let's, I mean, football is a little bit different than it was at that time, but definitely not game-changing different. So I could see but, us really winning a lot of games because Cam Newton, would just, I know he's not the same guy as he was in 2015, but as long as he has a decent backfield and a decent defense – and we can run the ball and, and, and pound as much as we can as far as running the football. I mean, and controlling the clock, we've seen what Bill Belichick has done as far as controlling the clock. He's one of the best game managers we've ever seen. I really think this could be a match made in heaven if all goes well and Cam Newton's healthy. It's a low, been... risk. It's a low oh. risk, high reward. I'm yeah. excited. 100%. I mean, he, he. I am very excited. I, I'm very excited. This this just made me so much more excited for Patriots football. I was already excited just to see what Stidham could bring and see what's going to happen. But right now, man, if Cam is healthy, you know that that's his job. And him signing for $1 million is huge, huge. And him, that's just huge, man. We, we, have four, we have five quarterbacks on the roster for a total of less under $10 million. Like, that's, that's incredible, man. And – I think a lot of people don't understand that, you know, from that perspective, because a lot of people just don't really care about contracts and just want to see everything happen and play out. But if you're a nerd like me, you understand that the cap situation in the NFL is probably going to take a hit after this season. And um, Cam Newton for signing for a million dollars is, is it's tremendous. We got a guy like Chase Daniels who's making $13 million a year. We got a guy like Mike Glennon who's still getting paid from NFL teams like Bro, him signing for a million dollars up to seven and a half was perfect, especially because him it, it being incentive laden, he has to perform in order to hit those dollars. So we could really see a Cam Newton that is, you know, something. What if we end up seeing a Cam Newton that we haven't seen before? A Cam Newton who's better in the pocket. A Cam Newton who's more accurate instead of using his legs. A Cam Newton who's in his prime. You never know, man. You just you never know. Oh. Hopefully we get a hopefully we get a more accurate Cam Newton because that man looks like he's trying to pelt pelt somebody in the face with the way he throws. Oh yeah, I mean his throwing motion. I mean I don't want to go off Instagram videos because people always say oh whatever you know they post whatever they want to post. So I get that, but 
his throwing motion is one hundred percent different. He changed his throwing motion. Like his, it's more tight. It's it's less it's less out and about. I I know you guys probably don't understand because you guys don't play football, but your throwing motion is like it's it's trim. It's so detrimental to to your performance. If you have a tight throwing motion and your throwing motion is the same every single time, you're gonna be a more accurate passer. Cam Newton was really erratic with his throwing motion, and he wasn't always perfect as far as his accuracy, and we all know that, but. He's definitely made adjustments and, and tuned up and straightened his his uh tightened up his throwing motion, and that could be huge. Man. Like that could be huge. We know McDaniel's is gonna have the guy throw twenty to twenty five times a game, but we're definitely gonna run the ball a lot. So we'll see what happens. I really hope we get a healthy can and we get the best can possible because that's gonna make all of us happy. And New England still being in the playoff line is gonna make everybody else pissed off, and I love it. <laughs> I actually want to go into that. I know I mentioned it a little earlier, but does this move put the Patriots back in the driver's seat for the Oh, AFC? 100%. Oh, whoa, whoa. All right. Well, that – I'm not sure. It's going to be it's going to be a battle. It's going to be us and the Bills 100% for sure, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle. We'll see what happens. I like the Bills roster. I really like their defense. They added Stephon Diggs. I like Josh Allen personally. I don't think he I, – I think he's pretty good. I think he has – more potential. He gets a bad like, rep, and, 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 yeah, he him. gets a bad rep, especially after that playoff yeah. game. I mean, yeah, he he he, didn't, he wasn't the smartest player in that game to say the freaking least. <laughs> but but I definitely think he's he's a talented player, and he's got a he's got a bright future ahead of him. So I I like the Bills. I, I do. Well, let me not say I like them. I hate them, but <laughs> I like their roster, and I definitely think that they're going to compete with us. And it's going to be it's going to be a battle this year for sure. For the first time in a while, I can say it's going to be a battle. I definitely see us making the playoffs, though, no doubt about it, especially with there being seven seeds. I think we're going to make yeah, the playoffs. We, I think, personally, I think we might have went mm, – no, nah, I lied. I'm going to take that back. I was going to say we probably went from the seventh to the fifth seed. But I can't, you know, I hey, can't. Yeah, hey, you know, hey, it's, it, it could It, it could, could happen. Be, it, it could, could But, you know, I have to, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, they have Roethlisberger back. And, you know, the Cleveland, you know, we have to see what Baker Mayfield does next season. Um, with the new coach, but I don't know. We'll see. But I do think, uh, actually, I will. Yeah, I do think that is a possibility where we go from the being the seventh best team in the conference to where we slip and where the 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 highest seeded uh, wild card team. Um. Yeah. Also, also, it's gonna be great to see Cam Newton swagger. On on a on this Patriots team, you know, I don't think that's something we've ever seen from a Patriots team. A Patriots or player in not, general, not that we haven't seen, we just haven't seen it in a while. Probably what's Gronk, Randy Moss. That's pretty much it. But we haven't. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. We haven't had someone who, to a degree, no, we haven't not- had someone like Cam Newton on our team. This is what I'm saying, man. It's gonna be a change. It's gonna be different, but I'm all for it, man. We need it. One, but especially after after the Tom Brady era is over. I mean, you know that was, you know, this is the greatest era of sports. We, you know, we've got to witness. I mean, we're all we're all Patriots fans here, but we need change now. You know, Tom Brady is doing his thing. He's with the Bucks, and I feel like that's that's the position he needs to be in for him to best succeed, and for us to best succeed right now. I think Cam Newton was our best option. And they made that decision. They got him for the low. I mean, they fleeced him off the market. And, and <laughs> hey, dude, we really lost the NFL. 
a million dollars? The dude won MVP four years ago, man. 2015, 2016 season. I mean, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I just... I'm just really interested to see what's going to happen. I mean, I love Cam Newton's game. I've always loved him. I've always think that I've always thought he was a great player, and him being a Patriot now, and see, we need to, see, need to see how healthy he is. As long as he's healthy, we know he's going to perform, man. Jason, you have any final thoughts? I hope you make noise this season, and that solidifies Bill Belichick. I mean, he's already the greatest coach of all time. I'm not going to say that solidifies him, but. It, it makes it completely out of reach if he makes noise with Cam Newton this season. Oh, for sure. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Hopefully there is an NFL season. If the Patriots are dominant again this season, everybody's going to be pissed, and I'm just going to sit here with my legs crossed and my hands folded and loving every <laughs> single minute of it. That goes out to you, Janine, before you're hearing this. All right, as we mentioned at the end of last week, this week we'll start our five-week series giving you guys our top 25 players returning to the NFL bubble. This week we'll be revealing players ranked 25 to 21. These pers- these players were selected by our BTB staff according to personal preferences as well as how each player performed during the season. I would like to reiterate that these Top, these are the top 25 players returning to the NBA bubble from the 22 teams that have been invited to play. So obviously players like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry will not be mentioned in this list because I know people are going to say, oh, where's this person on the list? But they won't be on the list. Safe to tell you guys that right now. Um, without further ado, the 25th best player returning to the NBA bubble is... Memphis Grizzlies guard Ja Morant. In his rookie year, Ja Morant led rookies in scoring with 17.6 points per game to go along with 6.9 assists while shooting 49% from the field. These impressive stats have the Memphis Grizzlies in the driver's seat of a heated race in the Western Conference for the 8th seed. So thoughts on Ja Morant being the 25th player on our list? I think it's fine. I mean, Ja... Yeah, I think it's great. He, he's just getting started. You can't put him anywhere higher, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's, I had that's, him. That's that's why I agree with you. I think that it's, it's a little too little too early to say he's any higher. I think we're gonna run into the same thing with Zion Williamson somewhere on this list. Yeah, yeah. I I personally had John Morant ranked at twenty fourth, but I can't I can't really get upset about that. Although when when um we reveal the other four players, I'll definitely mention somebody who I personally would have thought should have been on this list. Um, I think John Morant, I think he deserves to be there, you know, especially when you're getting praise from players like Russell Westbrook. They're taking notice of how well you're playing in the league. You're definitely gonna you definitely do deserve to be in this list. Yeah, man, I think I mean, for a point guard, really athletic, the future's bright for him. James, were you saying something? Going to say something? Um. Well, he's the rookie of the year. I think that he sh- – I mean, if they don't give it to him and Zion ends up getting it, I mean, it, it would have to – it would certainly have to be because they get the eight spot and they play decent. 
But if that doesn't happen, Jaws going to get it. And I hope he does because he deserves it, first of all. Um, and, uh, you know, I love his game. He, he's, he's super ath- uber athletic and he died. he has a jump shot too, which is which is crazy because people were knocking his jump shot all you know before the draft, saying that his you know his form wasn't you know impeccable and all this other crap. But the dude shot, I think it was, I think he shot close to thirty five percent this season, and that's pretty good for a rookie in his first season as being so athletic and being you know having the type of game that he has. He could develop into being a, a perennial all star. I think that's what's oh, for in the sure. future. And I like Josh's game. I like Josh's game a lot. I think he definitely deserves twenty five spot. He could be a little higher anyway. You know. He could definitely be a little high on the list too, but I like where he's at. I think uh, no argument for there. sure, for sure. Especially, he almost was an all star. You know, he was a, among. He could was have among. Been. Yeah, he, yeah, he was could among have. Uh, one of the higher voted guards for the Western Conference. There's a good chance, but yeah, either next year or the year after that, he'll definitely be an all star. Um. All right, the next player on our list is Miami center Bam Adebayo. In his third year in the league, Adebayo is averaging career highs in points, rebounds, assists, and minutes. These, fe- these feats earned him a selection in this year's All-Star game. So, same question as I asked earlier with Ja. What do you guys think about him being ranked 24th? I love Bam Adebayo, man. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA, actually. Um, he... uh. His game is very, it's very unique for a big man, but I love it. Uh, he he has really he has really good vision, um, which is something a bit you know it's rare for a big man. Um, he has really good vision and athleticism for a big guy down low, and twenty four is a good spot for him. Still young, still has a lot of development to, to you know to go through, but first time All Star this year, I definitely think he deserved it as well. Um, I did not have Bam out of bio in my list. Personally, but I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna really complain about him being on the list. He did have a breakout year this year. Probably, he's probably the second best player on the team right now. So I have can't really complain. Yeah, um, like James. Yeah, Bam at about even coming out of when he was in Kentucky, he was one of my favorite players. You know because of his presence down low and just, you know, just how big he is and how, like, physically imposing he is. But, you know, Kentucky, while he was at Kentucky, we weren't really able to see the range in his game. And now with the NBA. Yeah, they weren't really utilizing him the way that the NBA is yeah, exactly. Him. And, I mean, that that's similar to what we saw. Well, let's, I'm definitely not saying Bam is an AD. But that's similar to what we've seen it mm-hmm. with AD as as far as a jump shot yeah. in his game and how fluid he is as a basketball player. We didn't really get to see that yeah. because he was just a down Yeah, exactly, you know. But he still showed how dominant he could be in college, you know, just playing, you know, that way. And Bam did the same thing. Obviously, that's why he was a first-round pick. But, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Oh, yeah. That, I'm just – Yeah, I'm just going to say, like, with this list overall – I know I was going to mention, I was going to wait until 21, but I feel like Jalen Brown could have been somebody who could have snuck in this area. But at the same time... For sure, he, for sure, for sure. But definitely with somebody with... um, If you're doing lists like that, like the thing you have to understand is there's going to be people you miss. Yeah. Like you're not going to get this perfect. 
100%. I could definitely see Jalen Brown being in this list and being in this area. I definitely – you could make the argument there. He's, you know, 3 and D type of dude, but he has a, he has an all-around game. You know, he can strap up on the perimeter, hit, hit the three ball for you. He can he can drive the paint. He can, you know, he has he has advanced moves in the paint. He can hit you with a euro. He can hit you with a hop step. He can, you know, he dunks on everybody. It seems like uh, I like Jalen Brown's game. He can definitely be in this area. And him not being in here is not a knock. Jalen Brown, he's still a great player. I still like his game. Jalen Brown's underrated. Jason, what are your thoughts on uh, Bam Adebayo being twenty four? Well, I'm high on Bam Adebayo. I like his game a lot. I think he's the perfect fit for any team in the center role. I know the range isn't there like other centers in the NBA, but I think he, you know, overall does his job pretty he's well. He's getting there. Yeah, he's getting there with his jump shot. Hopefully, hopefully next season or the season after, he'll have that consistent J from three, maybe corner ball, maybe wing ball. But as long as he has one of those things, it makes him a lot more dangerous. But he has he has he has vision for a big man. That's something that a lot of big men don't have. It's it's rare to have that type of vision for a big guy. And he also has handle for a big dude. So it's you know, he has a lot of potential as a um he has a lot of potential as a big man that could also play a little bit of perimeter. Oh no, yeah, to. he's definitely gonna get that. You saw that in if you watch his my high school mixtapes, you definitely saw that. Where he's able to dribble yeah. and he can shoot a little bit in the perimeter. I definitely do. Even this season, I mean, we've had we had points in time where he would yeah. he would ISO, and there would be there would be a him and a big man, and he would put him yeah. on a mixtape real fast, <laughs> and it's just like, well, you know, if he can do that every play, he can he can he can be even yeah. more dominant. But we'll see we'll yeah. see what happens. He has a lot of, a lot of developments, you know, to go. He's still very young, but I could see him definitely being an, an all star for years, yeah. for years for and sure. years to come. Celtics got to do their due diligence in Orlando with this guy, but. That's a discussion for another day. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stand Celtics fans. Jesus Christ. All right. Keep going. All right. So, number 23 on our list is Pelicans forward Brandon Ingram. After three seasons with the Los Angeles Lakers, Brandon Ingram was traded this past offseason to the Pelicans in a deal that brought Anthony Davis to the Lakers. He has really shown his potential as a superstar in the league this year, averaging 24.3 points and 6.3 rebounds all career highs. These stats also earned him his first all-star appearance. Ingram will be an important factor in whether the Pelicans can sneak into the playoff race once the season returns. So thoughts on, let's, let me say, the Slim Reaper 2.0. B.I.? Yeah. Let's go. Um, I love definitely. I love Ingram's game. He's, you can go ahead like he deserves to be in this spot. Um, I had him. I believe I had him. Yeah, I actually have him at twenty three. Um, he's definitely had a breakout year. He's starting. Seems like he's starting to turn into the player we all hoped he was gonna be when he got drafted a few years ago, and um, he's definitely been their best player all year. Um, he might not have as much play, as potential as uh, Zion does, but he's definitely been their best player all year. I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I can agree with that too. And um, Brandon Ingram's game is definitely taking huge leaps. If you look at the way he plays in isolation now, I mean, he has so many advanced moves that he's added to his game that allow him to get to the basket so easily with that length and not that, that athleticism. I really think that he can he can end up being 
one of the top. Yeah, I think. Week. Yeah, I agree. I know um, when he was coming out of uh, coming out of Duke in 2016. Uh, the comparison that we were often hearing was he would be the next Kevin Durant because of his body type and his ability to score from the perimeter. And I think it's hard to say he's going to be Kevin Durant because, you know. Yeah, I don't want to say Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say Kevin Durant because I think that's yeah, I agree. I don't think too high. Um, we're talking about – I think we're – I think, in my opinion, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Kevin Durant. I've said it numerous times. I think he's the best offensive talent of our generation. I don't think it's a debate mm-hmm. at all. Like, I really don't think it's a debate, man. Like, he's seven feet tall. He can't – you can't just jump shot. If he gets it off on you, they, I mean, it's just – he's going to go off. It's just that simple. you got to do so much more to stop the guy offensively. He can he can dribble drive. He can cross you over. He can shoot right over you. He's, he's six foot 11, you know, technically – but he's seven feet on a good day, and it's 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 just that dude is just unstoppable. I really think he's the greatest offensive talent of our generation. So I don't want to compare him to him. I want to mm-hmm. compare Bi to Bi, and I think Bi's game is going to take even more you know even more leaps. But I think he's already done enough to you know where we can look at him and say, well, he's going to be a perennial All Star, and he's going to score a lot of points. Yeah, um, and he's only in his fourth year. He's only. I believe he's only he's twenty two years old. He's only twenty two. Twenty three, yeah, I believe he's twenty twenty three this year. So he got Yeah, so he he's still got he's still got like another three years to really work out those kinks of, you know, being a young player and and then get into his his sweet spots and get into his prime. And I think that's what we're gonna see. For sure, for sure. The Pelicans are gonna be so scary in a few years. Oh, I know. Oh man, that's what I'm. That's the only thing I can think about right now. It's like, damn, the Pelicans could really be the best team in the world. Brandon Ingram's twenty-two, Lonzo Ball's twenty-two, Zion's nineteen. Zion's a freaking <laughs> newborn baby. Like, bro, that team can be scary. We're talking about Zion Williams is averaging twenty-four and eight. Like, and he's a baby. Like, don't get me he's wrong, Zion turns twenty in in about a week or so. But I mean, he's my age. He's our age. That's actually yo. Nuts. That's actually yo. Nuts. Let me. Now the Pelicans are literally so like they're gonna be a team feared for they're, they're gonna be tiered uh, a team that's feared in the future. It's gonna be to the point where they're gonna be in a situation where if they want to take the next step, they're gonna have to trade some of those talents. And that's the unfortunate. That's yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. That's they the unfortunate just, truth, man. They, they just can't turn into a thunder situation a, few, a couple years ago. My, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna get to. They just gotta make sure they make the right decisions, and I think I definitely think that if you are trying to get rid of Bi or Zion, I definitely think that you're going in the wrong direction. That's my thing. I think Lonzo, Bi, and Zion are the three that yeah, you gotta keep yeah. on that team. As long as those three are meshing well, you gotta keep those three on the on the team. That's that's where I that's where I'm. You know, I team. trust. Jackson Hayes is really young, and Nikhil Alexander Walker are both two very young options too. But we gotta see where that where their development goes. I like yeah, Jackson I do too tremendously. I think I think he's I think he's gonna be a savage. But Nikhil Alexander Walker, he's a very he's a streaky shooter, streaky offensive player. We'll see where that goes. But I definitely think those three, as in Zoe, Zion, and Bi, those are the two that you want to keep together for a long I time. I trust Zoe, and that's another player. Zoe's made so many strides. I think he's. 
I think on defense, he's a strap. We already knew that. But his jump shot, I mean, he changed his form. He's more consistent from three. I think that's what we need from Zoe. I think he can end up being an all-star someday, too. That team defensively is insane. Yo, we can't forget about Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew. No, Drew Holiday, of course, but Drew Holiday's not going to be on that yeah. team, man. I really don't think Drew Holiday's going to be on that team in the next two years. I, I doubt it. I, I would really say. We can't. I was nah, but I'm just, he's getting older. I'm just, say, I'm just saying, no. He's getting older, but I'm still high on Drew Holiday. I think his game is but he's, he still could Wait, let me. He's 30 years old. He's going to. I saw high on him. Drew Holiday is the most underrated player in the league. No, I agree. Which, yeah. Which, which is. He, no, yeah, he's criminally underrated. He's still a savage. He's still he's gonna be a key part to a contending team. That's what I think he deserves right now. So we'll see what happens, but I, I don't think he's gonna be on the Pelicans. I think that's my opinion, but I, th- I don't know. I think Could for work. that team, you sell him high. And oh yeah, first round pick, yeah, lottery pick. Get some it. more depth out of it. Yeah. Oh, so, speaking of the Pelicans, our next player on the list is Zion Williamson. Although Williamson missed the first three months of the season due to a meniscus in a injury, he made his presence known in his first game back against the San Antonio Spurs, in which he scored 17 of 22 points in the fourth quarter. He would go on to score 20-plus points in 10 straight games and score a career-high 35 points against the L.A. Lakers on March 1st. Now that Zion Williamson is fully healthy, expect him to dazzle fans with his athleticism the way he did at Duke. So, I know we we're just ranting about uh, the Pelicans and what they have in the future, but uh, thoughts on him being 22? Again, I think, I mean, he can only be so high. He's just getting started. I understand he's, he's great. He's going to be great, but, I mean, I'm not putting him – past a couple of other players on this list, so I think the placement's fine. Yeah, and I think where'd you have I think you had I think you had Zion listed at what was it was it twenty or twenty wait, let me just make sure. Oh Jason, you had him listed at twenty four. Yeah. So and keeps referring kind of get... keeps referring to our personal ranks because we all ranked what we basically did to determine the rankings was we just put the average position of what I had, what James had, what Christian had, and what Anibia had, and basically just put that together. But continue. I just wanted to clear that up just in case anyone was okay. confused. Yeah. Um. In my case, I had Zion. I had Zion at um twenty two. Basically, I was basing it off of like the potential that we could see upon his return. But um, like you like like you mentioned. At the beginning of the show, you said not. It was either beginning of the show or before. Um, you said that Zion's been in the best shape of his life, and if we can get that, man, definitely the Pelicans are going to be fighting for that. Um, for that final, they will be. Spot. They're not fighting. That spot is theirs. Um, I, I I still hold my case with the Blazers. So relax. Whatever. Okay. Anything else before we reveal our final player? No, sir. Let's All get right, it. so the final player that we'll be revealing this week at number 21 on our list is Boston Celtics guard Kemba Walker. After eight seasons in Charlotte, Walker returned to New England to join the Boston Celtics. The four-time All-Star is averaging 21.2 points and 4.9 assists a game per game while shooting 42% from the field. 
Walker's finally on a team that is set to go deep in the playoffs. One can only imagine what Walker can add to a team that just two years ago was one game away from the NBA Finals. So thoughts on Walker being the 21st player on our list? I think he was a great addition in result of the departure of Kyrie. And I think he's, I mean, he's proven he could, you know, work on a contending team. And I feel like, again, he's not, he's not the best player, not the best point guard on this list, but he's definitely a name worth noting. And again, I don't have a problem with the placement Um, to the, to the listeners, you, you guys will see who who we come up with in the following weeks. But as of right now, for the placement that he's in, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to add a tremendous amount of value to the Celtics for this season and for seasons to come. And I think I think they're going to go far, and I think he's going to be a huge part of it. Yeah, I yeah, I just kind of you know I hate. Because, mm. you know, you got to compare the, the the point guards that they've had uh, from 2017 and now from Isaiah Thomas to Kyrie Irving to Kemba Walker. And just kind of like, I think Kemba Walker is the point guard that we could have used in 2018 or in 2017 when we got swept by the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I'm interested to see, you know, I'm excited for him, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that this is, he's finally on a team that is set up to succeed and he'll have the uh, chance to go and play meaningful playoff games. And I'm just excited. I think that'll motivate him too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to watch the playoffs from home every year. You know, just the, the fact that you're able to actually go out and play in it. Especially with Boston, you know, how, you know, we've seen Boston in, like, May or April during playoff games. It's going to be – well, you're not going to have that same effect, obviously, with, you know, games being in Orlando. But just, you know, having the chance to represent such a historic franchise and have – and help them win the 18th title, I think that means everything to him. And I think he's the point guard that can get us to our 18th uh, championship. Um, can I, my thoughts on Cardiac Kemba, um, I love that, I, I love that you listed, mentioned, I love that you mentioned that, but yeah, continue. Yeah. Um, uh, my thoughts on him, um, I did have him ranked a little bit higher. I did not have him placed at 21. I had him placed at 20th over the next person we're going to reveal next week. But, um, I still think, yeah. Um, Kemba Walker is definitely he's definitely the type of point guard the Celtics need to take um, to take the next step and uh, go to the NBA Finals. I'm not necessarily saying that he's better. He's a better talent than Kyrie Irving. He yeah, he's better fits. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, I know you would get very offended by that, Jason. Yeah. Um, but he just fits the Celtics no, that's not, more. This is basic fact, though. Like, but who would have thought that you know that Kemba, you know, Kyrie Irving's a better. You have Kyrie Irving. You think he's he's set up to lead the Celtics to the playoffs? 
in a championship. Then you have Kemba Walker. But you know, that's not the that's not the conversation. Let me just let you continue. But um yeah. Like Kemba Walker, like Kyrie Irving might need, might be a better player than um than Kemba Walker, but Kemba Walker's a better fit for the Celtics and the philosophy and scheme that they run. Yeah, for sure. Any other final thoughts before we close out the show? I'm excited to get into this list more as we go. Oh, yeah. yeah I agree. You know, there's definitely some surprises as we get up further up in the list. But, you know, I'm just ready to go. You know, I'm ready for NBA basketball. I'm ready for, you know, just just being able to watch basketball again. I just can't wait. All right. All right, that's it for this week's edition of the Beyond the Bleachers podcast. If this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Beyond the Bleachers podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Beyond Bleachers for your latest sports, pop culture news, takes from the five of us, as well as updates on upcoming guests and episodes. For Anibia Ocon, Jason Hernandez, James Borden, I'm Ania Khan Okan, and thank you for listening to this edition of the Beyond the Bleachers podcast. See you next time. See you later. Peace out.